tell you, I love the word of God because you know what? It will just burn away all those things in your life that need to be straightened out. And that's a good place to start, isn't it? Amen. All right. I used that one time in our message, stop, drop, and roll. And that's a good one to have. For all y'all listening online, you should have been here. Should have been here. Well, welcome. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And you know, I thought about that last night. And, uh, you know, that is a great privilege to be a dad, isn't it? I love being a dad. And, you know, for those that, uh, that don't have their fathers with them, I want to remind you of this. God, our Heavenly Father, is always there. And He's always loving. And He's always reaching out to you. And that's, that's what I want to really share a little bit this morning, you know, because I think about that. And, uh, you know, we always want to do our best as dads and moms and aunts and uncles and stuff. But sometimes we fall short. But the great news is God's grace will restore us. God's word will strengthen us. And we just keep moving. Amen. So, you know, if you still got your dad around, give him a call today. Uh, if you don't, you know what? Draw on the strength of the Lord and he will fill that today. Amen. So I just want to start out with that. You say, what in the world is this message about today, buddy? I thought, man, what is a good title for this? And I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. I said, well, let's just really keep them guessing. And the title of the message today is A Little Man in a Big Tree. And I love that picture Miss Tanya found. I thought, man, that says it all. I mean, sometimes we just feel like we're just overwhelmed, right? But today's study, we're going to be jumping into the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. And we're really going to be kind of hanging out around verses 1 through 9. And this story starts out with a little man named Zacchaeus. Now, some of you might be familiar with the story, but I believe we're going to pull some new truths out of that. Because God's Word is always so full. It's always got that vitamin in it, man, that nutrients in it to build us up. Amen. So this is about a little man named Zacchaeus who was a Jewish tax collector. And, uh, but he had a life-changing encounter with Christ. So today I pray that we have a life-changing, transforming encounter with Christ today. Every time we get together, God's willing to speak to us. And you know what? Even when you're by yourself, God's willing to speak to you. So I want you to know that there's always something that God is, is whispering to us. But are we tuned in to that? So I pray you got your Bibles with you today. We're going to go ahead and open up with that. But let's see how this little man in a big tree's life was transformed by meeting Jesus. Amen. Everybody doing good? Amen. Good. We've got a little reading to do to get going here. And Tim. And Tim. Oh, he told me how to fix this. That'll do it. He says, you got to hit it sometime. I'm going to read along and then we'll break this down. Okay. Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 9. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called to him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come, come quick, come quick, come down, excuse me, and I, I must be a guest in your home today. He goes on to say, let me click that. Right. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be with the guests of the notorious sinner they've gone Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen? Now let's unpack that a little bit. Let's unpack that just a little bit. And I thought, man, how can we jump into this, Lord? How do we want to start this thing off? And I thought, let's start with a question. Let's 
let's just, just get our, our, our minds thinking. Uh, my question is this. Did Jesus try to clean up Zacchaeus before he went home with him? No. Did he try to beat him up and say, man, you know, if you just got this right, I'd come home with you. No. Jesus came and filled him up. Amen. And that's what our prayer is today. Jesus, fill us up with your word today. So I'm going to give you a little bit more background here. Uh, the Romans had mandated a heavy tax on all the nations under their control so they can can kind of get that world power thing going. They're going to use that uh, tax to, to finance their great world empire. But the Jews, they really opposed that. They had a problem with that because it was going to be supporting some secular government stuff and some of the, the worship of pagan gods. They said, man, this is not what we want to support. However, they still had to pay. Now, this is how it comes in. I want to really show you the character of Zacchaeus. Many of the tax collectors were Jewish by birth, but they chose to work for the Romans. So this is what really put him in a bad spot with his people. They called him a traitor. They called him thieves, right? Because what would happen, they were known to kind of skim off the top a little bit, these tax collectors, right? In other words, if your tax was maybe, let's just put it in today's term, if your tax was $100, they say, you know what, you owe 150 there, Todd. And they take that 50 and maybe put it back in their pocket. You see, they were kind of, they felt like they were cheating the people. So he wasn't really well liked, was he? This gives us a great picture of, of the amazing love of God. See, what, what, the, what the world sees as unlovable, God sees as lovable. That's a good place to say amen. What the world sees, sees as unlovable, God can still see as lovable. And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? But see, once we get to God's greatness and his goodness, and that's revealed to us in our hearts, and the forgiveness, it should lead us to want to serve him. You see how it works from the inside out? I want to make sure you understand something here. Zacchaeus had a change of heart when he had an encounter with God. He didn't say he'd give stuff so he could be with him. But God was already with him. You see, Jesus was already with him, said, I'm going with you to your house. And because of such a heart change, he said, man, I'm just, you know what? If I cheated anybody, I'll give them four times what it is. I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. You see that? It's not about what he did to, to have Christ come towards him. He was just being him. He was just seeking the Lord. He was just seeking the Lord. Amen. I love this verse here. A little word anchor. And I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit. Romans 2, 4 says, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God has, has been so good to us that we should, it should cause us to want to please him in every way. You know what I mean? He's just been so gracious to us. Doesn't that make us want to lean into what he's doing? Well, let's go ahead and pick this apart a little bit more because I'm going to tell you right here, we're going to see the first thing on our sheet is about God's perfect time. And amen. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. This was God. This was a divine appointment. Now you say, what do you mean by divine appointment? It was God's perfect timing. It was God ordained. Nothing surprises God. You being here didn't surprise God, right? He knew that this would be a day that you'd be here to hear this message. Right. So this is what I'm excited about. Every week when we come here is that we get the opportunity to bring forth the truth. We get the opportunity to respond to the word of God. We get the opportunity to make course corrections and move into what God has for us. Amen. So let's keep rolling here. This is going to unpack pretty fast. Zacchaeus was at the right place at the right time. Now, you guys know about that, right? I mean, sometimes it's being in the right place at the right time. A lot of people looking back and say, I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time, too. Amen. But when it's God ordained and we're in the listening to the Lord and the leading of the Lord, we can find ourselves in the right place at the right time. And I thought about this even with jobs, you know, right place, right time. 
You know, because you go, man, you know what? The other side of it is wrong place, wrong time. Man, if you were just here yesterday, we could have hired you. You know, but if we're listening to the Lord and leaning into the voice of the Lord and watch how the Holy Spirit starts drawing us in that relationship, there's always something to hear from God. There's always something to hear from God. And that's why I say this story is fairly familiar for, for folks. Um, it's, it's, you know, uh, something they probably might have heard maybe in Sunday school as a, as a, a young first person. But there's still meat on the bones when it comes to, to God's uh, servant. Amen. There's always more for us to take a look at. So I want to tell you something about this now. God knows right where you are. God knows right where you are. You say, well, why is that so important? Because along this journey, we can lose hope sometimes. I'm telling you, don't lose hope because God knows where you are. He knows what you're going through and he's more than enough to carry us through. Amen. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. Amen. God knows exactly what you need. And so we need to be encouraged today because I believe today is our divine appointment. Today's our divine appointment. We pray every day that God would bring workers for the harvest. We pray all the time that, you know, God nudge folks to come to hear the message. And you know what? If they're not coming here, I pray that they go somewhere, that they will hear the message, wherever. God's going to grow his church. God's going to do the work. But what we're going to do, we're going to intercede, and we're going to be faithful with what God give us to do in this part of the house. Amen? And that's what we're going to see God move. So listen close to what the Lord's speaking through the message today. I guarantee you there's something that each one in here can glean because God's word is just that powerful. Amen? Very good. Very good. Now, I got another question for you. Do you remember where you were when God called you to himself? Think about that. I'm talking about when, when God said, you know what? Come on home. Today's the day. And I thought about this. You know, many of you guys know I got saved from a Bible track in 1995. And somebody came outside the church and gave me a Bible track and said, if you know today, uh, if you die, would you go to heaven or hell? And I was like, man, I'm on my way to hell. But, you know, I, I thought about that. And the Lord took me right back to that. And I know you guys heard the story, but I'm going to give you another piece that God gave me bring it to my remembrance last night. I remember we were driving the car by and it was Halloween, it was trick or treat and they were handing out tracts, Bible tracts that with that very question on if you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? And they gave us some candy and they gave us a Bible tract and I read God's word and it pierced my heart and we went the next week to that church and whew, look how God's moved through that. There's a lot more work to be done but he's faithful, right? Give our life to the Lord. But this is what I, I won't say forgot, but this is what God revealed to me. There was a young lady. You know how many people were at that church? They rented 17 people, if I'm not mistaken. 17 people, right? And what I thought was amazing, is this thing working? Okay, very good. Very good. Yes, it is. Um, what I thought was amazing, there was a young lady that, that gave us this packet. And when we came in, we sit down. And I went up front and I gave my life to the Lord. I remember coming back. She was in the back. She goes, thank you, God, they came back. Thank you, God, they came back. See, you know what? We don't always get them to see them come back. But you can't stop passing it out, laying it out, praying. You see what I'm saying? So that just reminded me back there, you know what? That she got to see another nugget of God's grace, right? And I got to be the receiver of it. My family got to be the receiver of it. You know what? Maybe when she was there, she said, man, I've been on my feet all day long. Man, you know what? There's only 17, 16 of us. What are we even doing? Well, it changed my life. And guess what? 
I pray that it changed yours today too, amen? Because God knows exactly where you are. Now, that's if, if you, you can think back to the time when you said, you just dug your feet in and said, today, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. Help me, Lord, to walk this out. It might be that it's your day today. So what I want to tell you, there's always a fresh start with God, amen? It's always a fresh start. And for those that, that maybe first time here or whatever, you know what? When you give your life to the Lord, when you, when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for our sin, debt, and paid it in full. You will be saved. But I want to tell you something. That doesn't mean that everything's always going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that you're never going to have any trouble anymore. But it does mean this. You will never go through it alone. And it does mean this. That God's grace is bigger than your sin. And it does mean this. That you are secure in his grip. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Well, let's take a look at this and unpack this a little further. Even though Zacchaeus was a wealthy man... He knew he was spiritually bankrupt. Isn't that something? There was something that drew him to Jesus. I say there was someone that drew him to Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit has drawn him. Said, hey, what's going on? He had to get a look at him. He had to get a look at him. So, you know, as I look at that, I think we should be refreshed and think about what we have in Christ. I got some notes in here. and I made a note. Buddy, be sure to read this. Rely on his timing. I feel like that's something we just need to see. rely on his timing. I tell you what, I know a lot of us go through a lot of different things and we feel like we can't see the end. And what we do see is a lot of darkness. I'm going to tell you, keep pressing in, keep listening and keep relying on God's timing and God's love and God's, God's grace. Amen. I thought of another thing last night I want to share with you briefly. Several years ago, I've been, the Lord was just bringing things back to my mind. Um, I did some tests and different things, doctor-wise, and, and they said, well, maybe you got sleep apnea. So they went through some different things, and I went to see a doctor, and uh, it was really amazing. I always look at these things as, well, God can use men, and, but I'm going to be very open to what they're saying. I'm going to be very listening for me to be able to bring some Jesus into the situation, right? So I got to this place. This was a fairly young doctor. This guy was probably in his 30s. And, man, he was just really snippy with everybody. Yeah, I don't need that. Bring this over here. Put shut the door. Damn, thank you, man. Looking for this guy here, you know, and it sounds like I'm already on restriction. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking, hey, come on, love me through this thing. So I start talking to him and everything. So I, a lot of times I'll throw out just a little spiritual bait. Hey, man, how you doing? All right, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm blessed. See how they respond to that. Just a little bit. Not beating them down with anything. And he goes, yeah. and he says, well, what do you do? I said, man, I love telling people about Jesus. He went like this. He said, I got a question for you. I said, okay. What is it? He said, why is it? Listen to this now. This guy was hot. He said, why is it? If people believe what you say you believe, that when they're over there and they're getting ready to take their last breath, they're crying and yelling and everything else and upset about dying. If it's where they're going, it's going to be better. I said, that's a good question. I said, sounds to me like they love life. Sounds to me like they're really thankful for what God's given them. Maybe they want to finish big. Maybe they feel like there's something else that they hadn't completed, that God gave them assignment. They enjoy life. I enjoy life. Do you enjoy life? He got kind of quiet. I said, hey, bro, do you enjoy life? He said, I'd like to talk to you again sometime. And he just shut it down, but I gave him something to chew on, right? And we went on about that. And next time I went in there, I was ready to talk to him again. But you know what? He still would stiff on me. What I mean by that, 
But guess what? Who had the hardened heart? Me or him? But you know, a lot, a lot of things is this. People are watching how we respond. And I think that's very, you know, I don't know anybody jumping up now. Woo! Uncle Joe didn't make it. You know? You know, we hurt when we lose somebody. But let me tell you. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Unless you're thinking you're in a will or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, you meet all kinds out there. But you know what? You think about that and people are watching. And so we want to represent God well. That doesn't mean that we don't hurt. That doesn't mean we don't have sorrow when we lose a, a loved one. But you know what? When that loved one has the promise, then it makes all the difference in the world. Because you know what? Even though I, I remember the first day I rolled in here, man, we had just moved in here. And I thought I was out front, man. I said, wow. First time I ever preached without my dad. Right? I said, man. And God said, you ain't never been fatherless. I said, you're right. Boom. Shake it off, man. Get back in the game. Because our Heavenly Father will meet every need. And man, when I start fighting back them tears, that is not of sadness. That is of gladness. Because man, I am blessed to have my dad for that long. You know? But guess what? I'll see him again. Because I got the promise. Not because of what he did, what he said, or anything like that. It's because of what God did. See, so many times people don't realize that, that even in their wealth, they're spiritually bankrupt. Now, I guarantee you that doctor was knocking down some big money. I don't care. I was worried about spiritually bankrupt because that cash is going to run out, man. And, and you know what? There comes a time, there's a point that a man must die and woman, and then we're going to stand before the Lord. And you know what? I'm not standing there with my good works because there ain't much good works. The Bible says our works are like filthy rags. And he's going to say, why are you here? I said, because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's my only story. And I'm sticking to it. Amen. That's it. Because that's what it's all about. There's only one way. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the light. No one comes to the Father but by the Son. So today, if you're here, let me think about this for a second. Are you thinking about what I'm talking about? God's perfect timing. God's perfect timing to hear this message. God's perfect timing to make a change, to receive all those things. Look at this. All the riches in the world can never compare to the glory of God. You think about that. All the riches in the world. You know, what's the old saying? You never see some uh, U-Haul behind a hearse. You know what I mean? They, they, ain't, back, they ain't backing up and taking a big truck and going out the park line. That's not happening. So, so that's it. So, but you know what? You can leave a legacy. You can leave a godly heritage. But guess what? Even if you do, your children still have to choose Jesus Christ. Your grandchildren still have to respond to Jesus Christ because he's that big a God that he's got room for everybody. He's that big a God that he says, you know what, I'm going to make it personal with you and you and you and you and you and everybody. The thing is, well, we make it personal with him. Now, I want you to think about this here. Another word anchor, Matthew 16, 26. You guys heard this before. It's a good place to just tie it in. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Nothing. Does that mean that it's cheap? No. That means it costs God every single thing. And he says you're worth it. Amen. But you know what? Sometimes things will sneak in. And uh, the opportunities and things that, that, that uh, we let go by. And uh, there's obstacles that come in our life, isn't it? Sometimes and I thought this was really neat. Let's go to the next slide. I want to talk a little bit about sometimes that there's obstacles that we need to rise above. Amen. So let's go back to the story a little bit. The Bible makes a note that Zacchaeus is a short man. 
I thought it was really neat. That just kind of bugged me. I mean, in a good way. I'm like, I know there's something you're teaching me here type thing. You know, I never read in there that it says Paul was tall, so God loved him. I didn't see that. You know, I said, why does he say something about him being short? And I got to thinking about this, man. Why would the Bible even bring this up? And then I noticed this. His size was an obstacle in meeting Jesus. Amen. Now watch out. Watch how this unpacks. His size was an obstacle in seeing Jesus. But look at this. I wrote this down here. I thought this was something the Lord showed me. Zacchaeus rose above the obstacle because his desire to meet Christ was greater than what was trying to hinder him. What is it that's hindering us from getting a good glimpse at Jesus? Amen. So what did he do? He rose above his obstacle. And I even thought, I said, why did they tell you what specific tree? Why didn't they just say, well, he just went up a tree. And I start reading up on the tree. And they actually referred to that tree as a tree of life. Now, don't get me uh, misunderstood about in the garden. But, but I thought, that's amazing that, that as I start looking at that. So he took hold of what was there. And he rose above the os- obstacle, amen. And he got a good glimpse of Jesus, didn't he? Now, let's keep on rolling here. What obstacle do you need to rise above in your life to see Jesus better? You say, man, that kind of stings. Well, you know what? We need to make it personal. And I'm going to tell you what I say. This every, I'm preaching to me first. I look at these things and I go, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's something to think about. So what is it in our life that keep us from seeing Jesus as clear as we should? Could it be prioritizing our time? Could it be, you know, uh, sin? Could it be our lack of faith? Could it be fear? Could it be past mistakes? Could it be unforgiveness? Well, you know what? We can just fill in the blank, can't we? Because God is bigger than all those things. But we need to know where we need help so God can help us. Amen? Amen. Now, something else I pulled out of here I thought was kind of amazing. And I asked this question. He said, what did it say? And the scripture said, you know what? When, When Jesus called him by name, he said, come with me. I need to go to your home today. Everybody else got mad. You ever seen that? You ever seen something? I don't know why it is, but when you're doing good, somebody else will get mad. That's a lot of world left in that person, if that's the case. I hope when somebody's doing good, I can say, man, that's awesome. That's great. Praise God. Because you know what? We should rejoice when somebody's coming to the Lord. When we see somebody, he said, he's going to be with the notorious sinner. In other words, we're better than him. Why are you going to hang out with him? See, that's what religion can get you. That's why we preach relationship. Amen? Y'all hear what I'm saying there? Talking about relationship. So the question is, what crowd are you following? And I thought about this. If the crowd that you're hanging out with is blocking your view of Jesus, then we need to go home. I'll talk, start, start out here. Young folks, if, you, if, you, if your mom and dad say, you know, uh, might not be a bad, it might not be a great idea to be hanging out over here. You know, I'm seeing things over there and I don't want you to get caught up in that. That don't mean you don't love them. That don't mean you don't pray for them. That don't mean you're rude. But maybe you shouldn't be hanging out spending that much time because you know what can happen real fast? They can start influencing you. And before you know it, you say, how did I get here from there? And it gets to be a long way home sometimes. So listen to you folks, amen? And, and the more I thought about that, I thought, man, when I was growing up, there was a lot of opportunities to choose bad. And I took a lot of those opportunities sometimes. But God's grace continues, right? I mean, if you're 14 years old playing in a rock and roll band with everybody that's 21 and 25, 
It's a big difference, man. It's a real big difference. And, and you know, they, they, you know, their language and their actions and their everything. And you're going, wow, we don't do that at my house. Well, it's a good reason why we don't do it at my house. Because as time went on, I saw what that got them. And you know what? What's the old saying? You know, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you got. It'll do that to you. But thank God we got a God that pursues us with his love, with his grace, and his mercy. Even if he has to use a young lady to bring out a Ziploc bag with a Bible track at it to your door. Knock on the window of your car and say, hey, God loves you. Isn't that something? Man, we need to roll up our sleeves and jump out there and work for Christ. Amen. I want to hit this right here. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus, he called him by name. Man. You know, they always say the sweetest, sweetest uh, sound you could ever hear is somebody say your name. I don't wonder if that's true. Because I know a lot of times when we get in trouble, we don't want nobody to call our name. Right? Everybody <laughs> say, well, yeah. But you know what? Man, when God calls your name, when God speaks to you with that love, isn't that amazing? So I want to tell you this, that God knows your name. The question is, do you know God's voice? Do you recognize God's voice? And how do we respond to the call? Let's take a look at this. I want to go back to chapter five, uh, verse 5 and read that. And we'll pick that out a little bit more. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. All right, now let's take a look. We can learn a lot from this story, can't we? How did he respond? Out of obedience, right? We should respond at once. When God calls your name or God brings something to your attention, the Holy Spirit nudges you in a way, what do we do? Do we say, well, if he does that 27 more times, I guess that's from God. Or, or, or are we spending enough time with God when God whispers or God tugs or God speaks to our heart or God brings somebody else that we know that's hearing from God and we line it up with the word? We go, wow, I need to be obedient and respond quickly. Amen? Absolutely. Because you know what's something I've always seen? And you guys think about this. There's always an urgency when God speaks. There's always an urgency. God wants you to get on board. We don't know the time he's coming back. He wants everybody in. So let's be urgent about responding to the call of God. We should respond with excitement and joy. Man, the little man in the big tree was a little excited about that, wasn't he? When the Lord calls your name, you get excited. When the Lord speaks to your heart, what does that do for you? I thought about this. Just imagine what a loving God that paid the ultimate price to be with you wants to do through you. You ever thought about what God wants to do through you? See, a lot of times we'll look in the mirror and go, man, I don't think he can do much with this. He's God and he can do it all. Will you let him in? Will you let him work through you? I think it's amazing. I, you know, how many people usually pull for the underdog? I mean, if somebody loses a bat, I'm like, oh man, I, 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 I just, I'll pull for them. You know, how many people feel like the underdog sometimes? You know, sometimes we do. But you know what? You don't have to stay there. We can look who's in our corner. We can look who's in our heart. And we can look what it costs for us to receive. But the question is, will we receive it? I thought about this when I was growing up. I had a best buddy. We used to do everything together, man, from kindergarten on up till we were married off. And we used to do a lot of cool stuff. But there was something about my friend that I couldn't understand. And that doesn't mean right or wrong. I just didn't understand it. We'd want to do some stuff. And we thought it was pretty fun. But he'd get right to the edge. 
I'm not talking about crazy stuff. I'm talking about fun stuff. And he said, no, man, I ain't going to do that. I said, why? He said, because I don't know if that's cool or not. He spent a lot of his life worrying about what the neighbors are going to say. Right? Was it cool or not? Man, I've done a lot of things that aren't cool. You know, a lot of people, I think they just look at it. They, they don't think church is cool. I think it's great. You know? When I left the band business, I had, I had a couple people call me and say, hey, man. Like they're going to talk some sense into me or something. They thought, man, uh, here, you're, here you're playing gospel music. You know, when I hear that, I'm thinking like spooky organs, man, or something. I said, no, I'm just jamming for Jesus. What's up? Well, we're going to start a new band, man. We could use you. I said, well, man, I appreciate that and everything else. I said, but uh, I'm, I'm going to play music for the Lord. I said, come around, check it out sometime. And a lot of them do. And a lot of them did. And a lot of them's life's changed because of that. God moving through them. Not me. God moving through that avenue, right? But there's a lot of them go, just like the doctor. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And you know what I do? I just keep loving. I send them a CD. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know, whatever. And just keep on loving where they're at. But what I want you to get out of that is this. Man, let's respond. When we come here, we ought to be smiling, man. We are coming to a place that we are free to worship the one and only true God. And that ought to shed some stuff off our back, regardless of what's going on. And when you leave, don't pick it back up. Man, shed it and, and just go on here and, and, and just be joyful because God loves you right where you are. Amen? Very good. But you know what? If we don't receive his presence, what happens? Just like that doctor. He stiffed on him. He stiffed on me with that. Now, I don't know what he was dealing with, but I know the remedy is Jesus. I don't know what he's seen, but Jesus knows what he's seen. So whatever the, the problem is, the answer is Jesus. No matter how big, no matter how small, the answer is Jesus. He's the remedy, right? So many won't receive all that God has for them. So today, I, I, I just pray that we come with open hearts to receive what God's got for us today. Amen? Welcome Christ into your life, into your situation. You know, the Lord showed me there's so many things that he, he would love to do in our life, but a lot of times we, we just don't allow him in. We won't give him the time. We won't give him the space. And we're going to talk about making space in our lives for Christ. Amen? But so many times we edge God out. I remember one time somebody said ego is just short for edging God out. Edging God out. I don't need you right now. I don't need you right now. I don't need you right now. Well, I'll tell you what I found. I need him all the time. Amen? All the time. Sometimes double time. Right? But you know what? He'll supply all our needs, right? Just as Zacchaeus was a little man in a big tree, we too can feel overwhelmed. Man, and there's a lot of truth to that. I thought I'd have some amens on that. A lot of times the world can just seem like it's just so big and we're so small. And the enemy will come up and tell you, you're just so small. You can't make a difference. That lady with that little sandwich bag made a difference in my life with God's word in her hand. Because she was packing, man. She was packing the truth of God's word. See, when you come out there and you're packing the truth of God's word, everything changes. It tips the scale in the right direction, all right? And that's what I love about the Lord. You know, so many times we think we've got to live up to it. We've got to clean up to it. We've got to grow up to it. What we need to do is just open up to it and let God do the work. Just open your hearts up to the message of God, amen? I want you guys to say this with me. Instead of you, let's say I. I matter to God. Let me hear you. I matter to God. Y'all believe that? I like that. I matter to God. But even, but, but you remember last week? I still matter to God. But you remember on the way here? I matter to God.
So we need to remember that, that I matter to God because that can chart your whole destiny. The people that are around you are gonna be watching. How do you respond? Just like I said about the doctor and different things. How do we deal with situations and how do we go on about our business and how do we raise our family and how do we invest in the things of the kingdom and how do we spend our time? Man, if you really understood how much he loved you, if I really understood how much he loves me, right? You gotta make it personal. So today, I pray that you make it personal with God. I was thinking about this too when we were looking at a few things. And I'll jump on to this last one. God is calling you today. You say, well, buddy, I gave my life to the Lord 10 years ago. Wonderful. Are you still in the same place or are you moving along? Right? We, need, we should be growing. We should be moving forward. We should be pressing in. God should be maturing us. Just because we're a certain age doesn't mean we're mature. Right? Just because you've been a Christian a long time doesn't mean that you're a mature Christian. You can be a very young Christian, new in the faith, and dig in the word, and your maturity level continue, continues to grow. But on Tuesday night, I'm going to pull this in a little bit. We were looking at some stuff, and um, they were sharing about shepherds, about Moses and different things like that. And they had, had a little film clip, and I thought it was really amazing that, that the shepherd is always talking to his flock. He's always speaking. He's encouraging. He's nurturing. Hey, come on. And Miss Tanya brought out a good point on Tuesday. She said, you notice that the shepherd is not from behind. He leads from the front. He's not trying to corral you. He's leading you. He's giving you example. He's speaking grace into your life. He's telling you, let's go this way. And, and, and in that film, they were showing the actual folks that were, were shepherds. And, they were, and it was a young lady shepherding her flock. And she was talking to them the whole time. Come on over here. Come on. Over here. Over here. And you know what they do? They knew her voice. They would lean into her voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Are you leaning into our Heavenly Father, the Shepherd? Think about that. And I thought, man, what is it that God's calling to us today? Everybody here is going to listen to this message. And I would, I would say that everybody here is going to take a little bit different piece home with them today. So whatever that piece is, let God grow it. In your heart. Is he telling us today? You know, maybe he's saying, you know what? You're forgiven. Is he saying today, you know what? You're my masterpiece. Is he saying today to somebody that come on back to me? Is he saying stop the destructive behavior? What is he saying? I love you. But are we listening? Are we listening? Are we making room for God? Are you making room for God in your life? Let's talk about that just a minute. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. Do you make room for God in your life? Hmm. Let me just pull a few things out here. Now, we're going back to the story about Zacchaeus. And I looked his name up. You know what his name means? Pure and righteous. What did the world say? You're a traitor. You're a cheater. You're a notorious sinner. God saw the end. His name means pure and righteous. Isn't that something? See, God always looks at the end, what you could be. But he doesn't leave you in the beginning. He doesn't leave you in the middle. He shepherds you all the way through. That's the beautiful thing. Man, you know, sometimes you remember when you're literally like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go. I don't care if it's to the restroom or go or, or pay for something. Remember the first time you ever paid for something by yourself? You got up there and, and you know, if, if you had a whole dollar, you thought the thing was big as a tree you're like this. 
Oh man, oh gosh, he's looking at me. I hope I got enough. Oh God, you get up there and you're thinking, I don't know how much change I'm going to get. We get overwhelmed, right? And then when you get a teenager, you're like, I need some more money. <laughs> you got it down then, man. You can just do the transaction, right? And then when you get married, you can really do the transaction. You guys are supposed to help me out there. It was for guys. That was for guys, right? But you know what? Going back to the name and seeing, seeing what God's put in us. God's put something special in each one of us. Each one of us. And I pray that as the time that we get together and we encourage one another in the Lord, that you know what? That we can help shine the light on that and nurture that so you can see all the grace and the goodness and the special things that God's put in your life. Look at all the blessings. You know, we talk about being a, a father's day today. Man, what a blessing to have some children. What a blessing. But you know what? If you, you're here and you don't have children, uh, you can still be a dad, right? You can still nurture. You can still shepherd. You can still be that mom. You can still be that aunt. You can still be the guy next door and just say, hey, man, what's going on? What's happening? You know, I love going to my mom's house because there's some kids out there throwing football, right? And they're, they're out there. This is a while back. This is something, man. Jesse will laugh about this. And I jumped around. I said, hey, man, hit me with it. You know, sir? I said, throw the ball, boy. Whew. I said, oh, I didn't know you could throw that hard, right? I said, go long, boy. Go long. I got her cranked up. Everything I had, man. I didn't let him see me sweat. Longer. I mean, the boy looking this big now. Woo! Pass the telephone ball. And they're looking, when they're looking at the ball, I'm going, oh my goodness, they got to rip my arm. Boom, they go, dude, your breath fog. I said, have a great day. I went and iced that baby down. <laughs> I threw it at my mom's house, get the ice, ice trays. Woo! But you know what? Just take a little time and invest, you know? And invest. They still, you know, they guess, hey, Mr. Buddy, what's up? You want to throw something? I said, I got to go today. Can't do it right now. You doing all right? But you know what? A couple of weeks later, got to lead that boy to the Lord. Isn't that something? Just open the door. Just took a little time. Just dislocated the shoulder, but he's going to heaven. Amen? You know what I mean? Small price to pay. God bless him. Woo! But you know what? How do we make room for Christ? Mm-mm-mm. You know, so many times I said it earlier, in there, and, I, and I'm just going around in my head. You know, the things that the world sees as unlovable, God sees as lovable. And so many times that's me and you. And the things that the, the, the world say says that, that would be a, you know, we'd be a, the world says you're a fool. But Jesus says you're a friend. Isn't that something? What a contrast. What a difference. God says you're a friend. But so many times we oppose that friendship and we want to do it our way. But God is still willing to take you back. Amen. Let's take a look at this. Do we make room for God or does he just get what's left over? Now, I'm going to get serious about a few things in here. You know, a lot of times we, we start thinking about this. And uh, I'm, I'm going to unpack a few more things here. Does he get what's left over? Is there room for him in your week, in your family, at your job? You can just fill in the blank. But see, a lot of times God gets what's left over if we're really truthful about it. You know, I, I was writing this down. What did I, what did I, I said, you know, does God have a place in your heart or just an overnight bag where you just call him over when things are tough? Think about that. You know, a lot of times we're just over here. It's like, hey, everything's cool. Everything's good. You know, Jesus, hold tight. I'm hanging out. Got Jesus over here, right? Yeah, what's going on? Everything. Else? Yeah, wait a minute. You got Jesus over here. But you know what? We need to give him an open door to our heart. We need to have 
him. He gives us total access to heaven. He gives us total access to the heavenly father. Do we give him total access to our hearts? I pray that today as we look at the things that God's done for us and through the grace of God and through the goodness of God, just like we talked about in that Romans verse, man, that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, that it's the goodness of God that leads us to serving. It's the goodness of God that leads us to giving. It's the goodness to God that, that brings us to, to, to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. You know what I talk to people on the phone about more than anything is forgiveness. And you think, first off, it's about them not forgiving somebody else. And a lot of time it is. But a lot of times, they won't forgive themselves. Man, if we could get that concept and just forgive ourselves. Because really, this, I'm going I'm to just pull this down. What we really are saying at that point is, when we don't receive that, we trample the blood of Christ. His blood was poured out for forgiveness, amen? And for all the sins in the world, the sins in all the world, from, from the time you were young to you're old to you take your last breath, it's paid for. But when we receive that, that doesn't mean we live any way we want. That the Holy Spirit tugs on us and says, you know, this is not the best for you. You need to make a course correction. So we make that course correction. But you know what we do after that? Then we keep looking back. We keep looking back. And if I keep looking back, I'll never make it straight. I'm all over the road. But our Heavenly Father, the shepherd, Jesus, the shepherd, said, come on, bud. You can do it. Yeah, Lord, but I, you know, this, this, my words are getting twisted up. And man, I'm tired or whatever the thing is. Yeah, but you don't know about this and that. Yes, I do. And I still pay the price for you. See, when God saved you and, and is reaching out the grace for you being saved, if you've never made that decision, because we're going to give you opportunity today. He looked at the whole picture. He's not bound by time. It's not like a car loan. You go to get a car and you buy a car and it's uh, 60 months. Right? Or now 72 months. Or whatever it is. He didn't say, you know, I'm going to forgive you up to this point. He said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to forgive you the whole way. And he's big enough, good enough, and perfect enough to do that. Amen? Because that's what he did. Again, I call it this. I call it the kingdom exchange. Right? The kingdom exchange. And what I mean by that, the kingdom exchange, once we taste of God, there's nothing else on earth that compares. It loses its luster. I'm going to go back to the story. What did, what did, what does that kids do? The thing that he was hoarding, the things that he thought was real important to him, the money, the, the, the power, all that, what is it? I'll leave it all right here. If you come into my house and you're going to be in my life, I don't even want it. I'll give it back. If I wronged anybody, I'll give them four times what they, what I, what I cheated them. Because it lost its luster. In comparison to Christ, there's nothing that holds up. Amen? There's nothing that compares. But you know what? If we don't focus on God and we don't read God's word, what happens is we start forgetting. God didn't change. God didn't change a thing. He's still reaching out to you, but so many times, like I said, we just want to give him the overnight bag and call him in when things are tough, right? So what I want to, I want to say here today is today I pray that we give him full reign over our hearts so that he can revive our souls and he can just live in our life fully. That we can reflect him. And I want to finish up with this last slide here. And I want to share a few things on this. You can be a little man or woman in a big tree. Or a child in a big crowd. Jesus can still call you by name. And he can go home with you today. So my prayer is this. If you're here today and you don't know Christ. But no matter where you're at, 
no matter what obstacle is in your life. God is bigger than that, amen? And I pray that God gives you the strength and, and just the boldness is the word I'm looking for to move forward in those promises of God. To receive Him, to live for Him, trust in God's perfect time, rise above the obstacles, respond to the call. And here's the call. Do you know Jesus? Here's the call. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? You say, well, but I, I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it every week that the Lord allows me to speak. It's all about Him. You can break it down to bare bones. What is it? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Excuse me. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe that? Well, you can believe it here in your head, but it's just one little step that needs to fall into your heart. And you do that by receiving him, asking him, making it personal. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. If that's your prayer today, I pray that you don't leave here without saying, you know what, buddy, that's my prayer. I want to know more about that. Because he'll take you right here, right the way you are. And he loves you so much, he won't leave you here. He'll keep nurturing you just like this shepherd girl that we saw in the movie. Calling to you. Protecting. You know, last week we talked a little bit about that shepherd's stick that, that they carry. They don't carry it to beat the sheep. They carry it to protect the sheep. God wants to be your protector. God wants to be your source and your resource. He gave it all. Except for